Okay, gents. Are you feeling angry? Do you, do you <laughs> feel something bubbling inside of you? <laughs> I tried to, I was thinking like, what would be a dramatic way to, to intro this topic? And that, that now I just sound creepy. Um, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, you better keep going. Let's see if you can pull this one out. <laughs> Welcome to another edition of the Agile Uprising podcast. I am your, it is really early in the morning. Uh, I am your host, Chris Merman. Um, uh, making fun of me already is uh, Andy Clef. Hello, you Andy. You make it quite easy. And, and Andrew Leff. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> Jay Hershko may or may not be joining as we as we keep going. Um uh we're back for another uh another another sin. Gentlemen, we have uh we have some sin in our hands and um I forget who suggested it, but I am a fan of it. We are going to talk about wrath. So wrath. uh yeah, wait, which is funny because uh you're two of the least angry people that I know, which would be funny to have this conversation. <laughs> we will channel Khan uh, and the wrath yeah. of Khan. <laughs> Wait, y'all, that, that was a nerdier reference than what I did. Um, okay, so left, you had the genius idea of of introducing the definitions as we were get going. So, would you um, would you like to give us a brief intro into wrath for our audience? Yeah, so. So wrath, right? And I think it's funny you said uh, two of the least angry people. We maybe I just hide it well. Um, wrath, <laughs> one of two noun. Wrath, chiefly British wrath, cinnamon of wrath, cinnamon. Oh my gosh, synonyms <laughs> of wrath. Okay, strong, vengeful anger or indignation. <laughs> I can't speak this morning. Punishment for an offense or crime of off. Edit, edit. All <laughs> right. Keep it, keep it. Leave it in, leave it in, leave it in. The so the the Wikipedia entry that I pulled up, the, I thought the interesting part is is the the neutral act of anger becomes the sin of wrath when it is directed against an innocent person, when it is unduly strong or long lasting, or when it desires excessive punishment. If anger reaches the point of a deliberate desire to kill or seriously wound a neighbor, it is gravely against charity. It is a mortal sin. Well, that last sentence. <laughs> Killer. Where does it show? Where, where did, pun intended. So I'm, I'm thinking, where does it show up in our world? Um, Vengeance, retribution, injury, wrong. I mean, is it too obvious to say social media? Social media is huge. Social attacks, accusations, blaming, shaming. Yep. Uh, war of the, I mean, the, the framework wars of, of the 2010s. Yeah, it shows up at work too, right? Like, I mean, you we we see it a lot of times across Agile teams that are, you know, you have somebody that brought someone up and brought something up in retro and could easily use that as a weapon to attack at a future date or took offense to something and just didn't feel comfortable speaking up. So I think we we probably see this in all different shapes and forms. And, you know, if we want to jump into it, you know, silence can be an, a point of aggression, too. 
like now I'm going to lay in the, in the cut, right. I'm going to lay in the, you know, hide in the bushes until my moment arises. I think we also see it at review, whether it's a team iteration review or integration review, where there is a stakeholder that chimes in like <laughs> you bunch of morons, right? Why, why the <laughs> hell did you build that? How, or, uh, you know, the, the postmortem, how could you make such a mistake? So retros, reviews, and wrath. The maybe we have to respell W put W's in front of retros and reviews when they go off the rail. What if what if we slightly shifted wrath to just be like I feel like outrage is a um maybe a slight step below wrath. Is that like so what if we what if we say outrage is part of this conversation? That's I mean that's Outrage is when the true cornucopia of our human nature, especially in in you know the work of the last decade that we all of us have had, like that that's definitely in play, right? Yeah, I I'm think that's. Go ahead, Andy. I think outrage is probably one click below vengeance, but it can easily turn into vengeance um, with the things that Left talked about. Right, you you push it down, you push it down until it comes, it explodes. Yeah. Where were you going, Andrew? I, I was going somewhere similar in the sense of I think outrage is is kind of a, a a product of wrath, right? So it's it's kind of that emotion that that drive to to be self serving. Yeah. But what are you willing to do in the wake of that self service? Right, like. Are you going to take a good path, a bad path, right? How how are you going to either lift people up to to walk with you, or are you going to step all over everyone to to get to where you need to get to, where you think you need to get to? So I think, yeah, um, it's. I was just trying to put it in terms where people could maybe more apply it to like every day. I, I you know, I. It was kind of the, I had to take some stretches with gluttony just a little bit, but I actually, and then once we start gotten go get going with gluttony, I found it that easier to find analogies or, or likes into. So I, I don't know. I guess I was just trying to like fit wrath more into every day of what we see. I always go back to my childhood, right? Like if I did something wrong, you're going to feel the wrath of your father, right? Mm -hmm. Like you're going to get the... So that to me is a very raw emotion. And I don't think that emotion as we age, excuse me, changes. So I think it's it's dug deep into us. So when we're at work and we feel that we we have a conflict, is that the trigger that's pulled, right? Like I'm going to get in trouble. So I'm going to go into a very defensive stance, right? Because I'm going to feel the wrath of somebody. So even though that wrath might just be, I'm upset with you, can we hear? So I'm taking a different side of wrath is like, how do we how do we listen to it? How do we hear it? And how do we respond to it when we're experiencing it, right? Is it, a, is it a, us being little kids? Or is this an adult behavior that, you know, what bad happens? I always ask my, the people that I work with, um, they're always like, oh, I'm sorry, this and that. And they're all, I'm like, I've never, I've never given you a hard time for this, right? Like, I appreciate this and this and you're sick. I don't want you working, you know, 15 hours a day. You need to to take a rest and it's too much. Oh, I'm going to get in trouble. By whom? 
right? Who Who is this ghost role that we're all afraid of that we're going to get the wrath from? There's scar tissue that I mean, you described your your childhood experience with your father. The, the dysfunctional method is to layer procedures, policies, process as a protective uh, against the wrath of your father. You told me I needed to be back by 10. I'm back by 10, but I'm shit-faced drunk. That wasn't part of the policy, <laughs> right? And, and so the, the lack of accountability that, Chris, you and I talked about org debt a while back. Right. And I think that that is a reaction, a protective reaction to, oh, well, I don't want the wrath of that VP. I followed the process. I am not going to be in trouble here. Um, so that's the dysfunctional way of dealing with wrath. Yeah, the, it's it's so funny to hear you both discuss the the like you you're immediately connecting with the aftermath of wrath. Um, and and I'm not speaking incorrectly. Like it, uh, I I just find it interesting that because when you all were talking, I I always think of you know I, I was raised, I was raised uh, in the church and and you know there's very like wrath is a very Old Testament sort of you know when you think of like the way that the Old Testament sort of describes the higher power. Hey, th like this dude gets angry. This dude flooded the earth. You know this like this dude like like fire like firebombed a city you know what i mean like this is like anger getting to a certain point and having those ramifications is what you're describing um i like i'm still trying to figure out like it, it is it a personal thing that where it comes from is there is there something that the system that we could look at systematically that 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 stirs that wrath is it just human nature um so, i'm, I'm kind of looking more to like shift the conversation left just slightly before we go there help me unpack what you just brought up divine wrath right and is that separate from human wrath are they are they different things god's wrath is okay because well we deserved it human so, wrath is a sin i Un unpack i didn't go to church enough no, no 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 now all right now you're getting to like my like one of my hot button issues which is like it's okay for one person for one party to be angry but not party for both right like hey um you know safe came in and did all this stuff and made all these things and look at the mess it made like like aren't you angry about that and then you choose to be like well i i mean i can be angry about some stuff, but like, do I have to be angry about that? And it's like, well, why not? Why? And then you get angry that they're not angry uh, kind of a thing. It's, it's, it's like, it spawns itself. I, I it, it's, it seems like it's a misery loves company sort of divinity to it to make my wrath. Okay. Other people need, no, 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 no. Other people like, yeah, did you not hear what the, the signatories, the manifesto said about scaling and how it can, and how it can, bring on the plagues and, and locusts and, and stuff like they, they said that, like, you know, like what, why are we, you know, don't you see that? Like, it, it seems like it's begging you to join me in my wrath. That's mm -hmm. where the divinity comes from. Does that make sense, Andy? After another cup of coffee, it probably will. <laughs> what are you talking about? I, 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 
the fact that people need to be outraged and and like have that be the outpouring of their wrath it's like well we need to be angry at something like my team's not working the way it's supposed to be my career may not be working the way it's supposed to be the organization is pushing on me in ways that it's not supposed to be or whatever right like it's got to be somebody else's fault <laughs> that's that's avoidance of accountability and yeah, it's fear of mistake and you're it right. and it leads to arthritis in an I'm organization. Stretching. You're right. I'm just um and and so yes, it happens and yes, it's human mm, patterns. I, I'm curious, is it time to go into the counters of it? You know, this is left your your approach, right? Okay, so wrath is is a counterproductive anti-pattern. Um, it exposes the possibility that there's wiring gone bad or you know policies that are outdated and the counter is let's talk about it the the process for improving the process may be the counter to organizational as well as individual wrath like great bring your anger good now let's let's direct it in a healthy way what is the yeah. left what is the line between passion and taking it too far into like anger or wrath. You know, it's, I used to work, well, I've worked with a lot of passionate people, me being one of them. And I think I've always, I've, that's been a, a, a blessing and a curse in my career because it's been looked at as anger where I have seen it as passion. And it's taken me very, Many, it's taken me uh, many of years to understand the difference in how you show up. So maybe that's kind of it. When you're feeling you're going to bring the wrath towards somebody or a group, maybe it's the maturity needed to know how to use it, right? And to dip my toe into what you just said, Andy, it's how are we taking that information and doing something with it other than using it as a, as a stick, right, to hit people with? So, or an organization, are we mad at the right things, right? Are we mad at the the people that are doing what they think they should be? Or, we, or should we be mad at the process that we've asked them to do, right? So how do we kind of look at those signals and, and look at the, I hate this term, but the bigger picture of everything and understand that, you know, maybe wrath can be used in a, in a better way, right? As opposed to, being the little kid that's getting yelled at for doing something wrong or coming home drunk, even though they were on time. <laughs> I, think, I think it's a signal, right? It, anywhere on the continuum of displeasure or, or passion, displeasure, anger, wrath, there are signals there that something in the system is not balanced. Well, if you've got, if you've got people that are around you that you've, you've built that equity with, Right. Like uh, we've all been on coaching teams where I, the 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 folks that I'm there with, they know that I can get tuned up when we get on this topic and I get on my soapbox. And so when my passion kicks in, they're seeing the passion come out and they're like, see, client, like listen to him like this is he's going on something that like just just give him a minute. Right. Because they know that that's passion coming out. Right. If there are if you don't have that equity, that time built in it, they don't know that that's what's coming out of you is passion. And maybe we default a bit to anger or wrath 
a little too quickly sometimes because we want, especially in the U.S., we want a polite office. We want a polite work culture. We, you know, polite, <laughs> polite, polite, right? And so sometimes- Where do you work? <laughs> what? You Where do you work? <laughs> As a general- Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so Chris, knowing you well, knowing your passion, um, I would add that you also show up with a great deal of compassion. Those two together that way too. have to be huge, right? You can show up with passion and uh, no patience and bulldoze. One of my things that I'm working on, um, but combining passion with compassion. Um, but it takes patience because not everybody um, is able or willing to move at the same pace. I'm curious how you handle that. It's challenging yeah. to orient yourself left in a way that says, I have to make sure that my passion comes out in a positive way. Cause that's what I heard Andy just say is like, your, your passion should come out in support of people, not also against systems and, and things that pressure you. Right. Like you have to know where you're putting it. Right. It's uh I, there's so much here to unpack, but yes. And right. So I, a quote that resonated with me is people don't, care how much you know until they know how much you care, right? So taking that approach from the balance of, okay, I'm a passionate person, but I'm also passionate about caring for people. I think too, people aren't always easy to accept the care, right? Because there's like, well, I don't, tr why are you, why are you doing this? Right? Like what's, what's in it for you? And that is a tough thing to, to kind of break down as well. So Sometimes they're waiting for the wrath of something bad to happen because I care about you. I'm here to help. Oh, great. What's in it for you? So I think that too is, go ahead, Andy. And it's not necessarily your behavioral history with them. It's yep. their behavior history with their entire past. Right. Yep. And, and, and you don't, you aren't always able to, to read that unless they share openly you know, I, I had some issues with my dad and his anger and it, it turned into outrage and wrath and punishment. Yeah. And um, had, I'm triggered right now by the words you use, Lef, and you had no idea because it's, <laughs> you sound just like my dad uh, I, as a story. I, I, Unless we have that openness yeah. and trust to share with each other, you don't know what someone else's uh, triggering Absolutely. mechanism is. Just on Friday, I had someone... Um, kind of snap back when I was trying to, when I was uh, trying to cover some metrics that we were going to be working with teams on. And um, one of the scrum masters kind of snapped back at me and I pulled uh, this person over to the side afterwards and was like, Hey, where did that come from? It's like, I thought you were giving us something extra, something new to spend our time on. And I, and she's like, and I've already had this, all this other stuff. She goes, I've had five managers over the last 12 months. Like, again, we weren't talking about that, but the fact that that came out in that conversation, hey, she's had a bunch of people barking at her a lot of ways. My my bald butt coming in and saying, hey, here's something new to consider, like was the last thing she needed. Yeah. That, she, that, that person needed. And I... You don't know that, you know, you don't know any of that crap that, you know, and, and it, it's almost as if when someone does snap at you, 
you should get curious to find out why, because that's not at you. Like you didn't do anything to hurt that person. You just happen to be having a professional conversation. And here comes a wave of here's all the conversations I've had for the last month that have frustrated the hell out of me. Would you like to hear about it, Merman? <laughs> and then we get to listen, right? <laughs> and it's, it's trust and safety that is built yeah. in those connections. However, in in today's fast-paced world of, you know, zoom in, zoom out, got another meeting. Do we take the time to do that, to connect as humans? Do we have that that passion and connectivity, or are we just fully transactional? Oh, that's a big question. Um, I th Unfortunately, <laughs> I think since post-COVID, it feels more transactional. Everyone feels a little more withdrawn. Um, it just maybe because we've been working remotely for so long that we've kind of, I, I joke about, it, I go into the office now and I feel like I'm at a subway station or a train station, right? There's just people walking around. I don't know anybody. Everyone's getting ready to do something, whether it's get to a meeting, get to their desk. There's no, there's no interaction, right? I don't hear people talking on the floor, so I think there is some of that fatigue it, across all, all of the industries, right? Just around how do we bring people back together? And I feel like as coaches, right, this is something we aggravate people with, right? It's kind of like maybe, it's, I hate the religious references, but in church, like, does everyone really like shaking hands and hugging, right? In church, like, it feels like an activity that, nah, nah I'm good, ah! right? So how do we kind of be different in a, in a presence where we're not kind of carrying this, you mm. know, wrath can be a weight and, and the either waiting for the wrath of somebody or waiting to give the wrath to somebody, I think can be a real kind of point of friction that is tough to carry around. And and you said it, I think before we started uh, recording Andy, you know, the, the pressure, it, it's got to, you know, basically the sponge is full. We have to like wring it out at some point. So how do we kind of know and how to release that pressure at some point and not directionally at one person because you're having a bad day? Well, I got dumped on all day. I'm going to take the wrath out on you, right? Because you're my target now because you're in front of me. Yeah. Right. It's crazy. So this is our well, this is our fourth fourth deadly sin, and I, I we're not it's not like we haven't stumbled upon this already in the conversation, but it's clear that there are feelings that can be channeled in positive ways that when they just reach an extreme amount of pressure level in our life, right, a desire for a desire to enjoy, like we just, the last thing we talked about is just enjoying something good. You know what I mean? Like, like gluttony did not start from this stuff tastes like shit. Please. <laughs> can I get more of it? Right? No, no, it's Try good. it. <laughs> goodness. Right. Passion, passion. That Like it is good to have Pat. You want Pete, like that y'all are, when y'all are talking about your, your, your favorite teams you've ever been on, or you're designing the perfect team. Like, you're not putting, a, you know, dispassionate in that descriptive list, right? Like nobody right. wants a group of automatons just like walking in, shuffling in like lefts 
office apparently feels like right now. Um, uh, like we, you do want that. It's just, you have to know where that line is before that emotion, that feeling hits the extreme level before you start redlining with the, what is it left? The RPM RPMs. Is that on a car? Yes. Car. Yes. Room, yes. Room? yes. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I played dumb. Just. <laughs> <laughs> But I think too, I'm, I'm kind of jumping back around here, but, you know, organizational wrath, right? The wrath of an organization. So I'm, I'm trying to take a different kind of thought path here as far as return to office. It kind of sparks something in my head, right? You're, if you, at least in a lot of organizations, they're asking people to return to office right. and you have to return to office a certain amount of days per week. Now, that tells me that there's a list out there that they're generating to see how many days a week people are returning to office. So organizational wrath, right? Now there's an additional pressure to do something that we believe is not really valuable, right? So if you work in an office, yet no one that you work with is in that same physical office, why are you returning? So it, it just feels like well, now I'm getting the wrath of my organization because they have debt that they want to, you know, be able to, to to justify on the books for real estate. This is a tough topic. I have to say, like, wrath feels like such a raw emotion that it it just feels like it's tough to like we could go so many places with wrath and the 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 almost the Stockholm syndrome that wrath can create where you mm. almost fall in love with your captor, right? Like you're falling in love with the wrath because you're getting acknowledged, right? Sometimes bad news is, you know, like a bad reaction is a reaction. So am I getting attention? Well, so you could hold on left. Let's, all right. So why don't you, why don't you, why don't you pronate out on the couch for a second? Because I, when I think of wrath, I don't, I don't, it doesn't strike me the same way. Um, that's not a negative emotion that I, I would say I identify with a lot. So why do you, why why is it that way for you? It's just the way it's been used in my world has been as a, a extremely negative uh, approach, right? You're going to get the wrath of God. You know, you do that wrong and the wrath of God is going to So that kind of thinking is is where my head automatically goes with wrath. Go ahead, Andy. Yeah, the same and when, when we did the the definitions up front, it is punishment or retribution for something you did wrong vengeance so by th that definition it's it's not something desirable in my <laughs> book passion anger okay but, but by the time it crosses over to wrath mm, bad and so let's go backwards you did something wrong well great it was an experiment did you fail fast and cheap or was it expensive did you follow the process and it still went wrong? Well, then you have no accountability. That That's not what we're going for here, right? With creative knowledge work, it is fail fast and cheap, turn on a dime for a dime. And, and so there is no room for wrath about making a mistake as long as you learn something. And you propagate and I, that learning. Yeah, I think too, we're also good at saying that. But when push comes to shove, when you have a angered emotion, are we good at executing that, right? Like not attacking somebody first. So when you're full of passion 
and you're feeling that anger, you know, evoke, like starting to bubble up, do we take the time to pause, right? And not react. I try to do this at home a lot, right? With, with kids and so forth. Like it's instant, right? You do something I've told you a thousand times. Why the F are you doing that again? We've talked about this, right? Companies are the same, right? Why did you do that again? We've talked about this. We've talked into accountability. So how are we using that emotion not to attack somebody and and re-embed that or open that scar? There's a difference, though, I think, in the relationship. You and your offspring, there's, there's at some point a parent-child relationship, adult-child relationship that sooner or later becomes adult-adult. I, I don't know which kid you're talking about and how, how old they are. The problem for me is when the organization assumes the role of adult and everybody else is a child and then it's they need to be managed, supervised, et cetera. Mm. And when they screw That's up, good. Well, here comes the wrath. Uh, yeah. I'll take it one That's step good. further. They don't take the organization doesn't take the role of parent. They take the role of God. So here's what I heard both of you describing. I didn't hear you describing wrath as a thing to like to experience poorly you both described a fear of wrath now again there were some allusions to other parts of our lives and stuff where that comes from so i totally understand that because i was i was trying to figure out like but i don't experience like wrath that way but when you brought up like fear of wrath like reprisal like if we shift like if we look at wrath from the sense of like like layoffs and and um and like the the turmoil that we're that we're under and such like that's a different kinds of thing like being afraid of something happening to you that hasn't happened yet that's an anxiety that we all experience you know and that's what i i mean that's what i heard y'all describing it's 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 really crazy how you can be afraid of something that hasn't actually happened because you've experienced it at other organizations or or you've heard stories about about it or whatnot, right? But it can also be experienced, right? Um the, the what what the hell were you thinking? You absolute moron. How could you have made that choice? Well, it seemed like a good idea given the information I had. Go back to the prime directive of of Norm Kurth, right? We all everybody's doing the best they can. Um, okay. When wrath comes in, it's like, no, um, you're a moron. That's not good enough. Um, we're going to release you to the world of gameful uh, employment search. It's not that, a, that's it's the not reality that happens. Talking. Like, that's fun. <laughs> I I love. Yeah, no, I <laughs> this 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 conversation's hit me in a weird way. Um I love the the analogy around what both you said, parent child, right? When the organization becomes your parent, or um, Chris, the the dog the dogma of of an organization. And I think too, I used to say this all the time. With earlier on in my career, I, I worked for some pretty abusive organizations, and some I should say abusive people. So I used to say all the time, I would never let my parents talk to me this way. Why on earth am I letting my boss talk to me like this? And that's as as it, for those that can't see the video, Chris was just doing the money sign, right? And it is, right? So our livelihood is held differently 
by the people that by the by comp like capitalism right pay pay so we are allowed we are allowing ourselves to lower our self-standard right our standard due to the wrath of money right money has a wrath to it so what are we willing to do in the wake of the money wrath to to lower our standards of just being human so we see it quite a bit in corporate america unfortunately and I think that's part of the organizational resistance towards what we do for a living, right? We talk a lot about theories and emotion, and that's something that has been an anemic quality in corporate America for so long because you weren't allowed to go there. Now the pendulum has swung the other way, and I'm not sure we're ready to to deal with the level of emotion of real people right? We're no longer just punching in and punching out of a clock. We're real people now. And I think our voices get louder. And I feel like the wrath of organizations has tempered down a bit, but it's more subtle now. There's a subtlety about it. It almost feels like the pendulum is about to swing back in the other direction. <laughs> like, like wrathful passive aggression. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Sure, very, I'm sure it, it, it's that's very, the thing. It's very passive wrath, if if it is just because it's we don't want to make news, right? We don't want to get on social media for the wrong things. But by the way, <laughs> here's five thousand jobs. You know, yeah. Bye bye. Uh oh, our our agile roles aren't delivering anymore. We'll just <laughs> send all the scrum masters away, right? And, or and it's it's interesting too. I was I was sitting in a retro the other day. And, and facilitating and it's the same things right it's the same kind of things that you hear no matter what team what industry i don't know what my role is right or this person isn't doing enough or that person is too noisy like too direct so they shut the rest so again e e wrath at at scale right how 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 are we looking so wrath at scale versus wrath at the team i mean it's unbelievable kind of how we can weave in and out of this with just one word right this word yeah. has has meaning to so differently for all three of us on the call can you imagine scaling that now the mm -hmm. that feeling of emotion that we just experienced across tens of thousands of people that's insane that's massive right and we do nothing with it we, not we as a collective, but organizations, they really just want to avoid the friction of that situation, right? They, It's just too, it's too hot. It's too close to the fire. They want to avoid it, yet they don't want to counter it. So it, it's, they would rather it uh, not be mentioned, not brought on the table. You know, in past episodes, Laugh, you always brought into the, the mix, what is the heavenly virtue that counters this sin? Yeah. <laughs> what, is, what is the heavenly virtue that counters wrath? I think to me, I, I don't know if there's a heavenly virtue, you know, you could say kindness, you know, caring. Well, temperance. Temperance is probably, you know, have not, not being so wildly swinging, right? Be very temperate with your, you know, being a little more measured as opposed to flying off the handle. Yes. Okay. The way I would answer that, Andy, is how do we, be, you know, and you've heard me say this, I think, on every episode of this so far. <clears throat> how do you be in relationship with wrath and use it 
in a way that can invoke something different other than fear, right? And mm -hmm. also I think fear can be a driver, right? I don't think we should shy away from creating fear. It's how we create that fear, right? The fear should be, well, I'm going to let my team down because I, I had half my commitments escape a sprint, right? Not fear that I'm going to get in trouble by management for a bad metric. So what's the fear of, of not being accountable for the things I, I said I would do? <clears throat> I think the fear should come from within and not just experience, I'm going to get yelled at. I'm going to get in trouble, right? The wrath, of, I'm going to get the wrath of somebody because I didn't do that. So I would like to challenge the audience, you know, around being in, again, like through all the deadly sin conversations or all the sin conversations, how are you in relationship with that sin and using that emotion to do something different with it? Right. How are we how are we pushing ourselves? And that's the way it starts. One person. It's so cheesy, but one person at a time, if we can get enough people to try and do that, you can shift culture in a different way, because I think we're talking about it differently. You can't solve wrath, but yeah. you can certainly be in relationship with it differently than you are today. Left's email signature says I'm always angry. <laughs> <laughs> that's what basically what he just said is is like hey i can dial it up whenever i feel like it so a quick goofy story right one of the one of our fellow coaches i, I won't say his name but <clears throat> you know when he gets watch. angry it's it's a beautiful thing to watch i've never seen anybody become more laser focused with the most eloquent way of speaking and just can absolutely eviscerate you in in a matter of like 10 minutes with words. There is such it, it, it when you when you say people are in the zone or locked in, this is exactly the moment I can see it with him. It happens instantly when he it's unbelievable. It is the most amazing. So how do we use that that feeling of that rush and, and kind of get a moment of clarity? and see things differently and not just see red and, and literally, you know, pull, well, I shouldn't say that term, but basically, you know, just napalm the room. Right. So I think it's just a matter of how are we using these emotions for, for a different result, right? Like not just a weapon to, to constantly put the pressure on people to do something that, we think is right so the dogma of it right whether it's the parent i i still i'm still stuck on the parent i love that metaphor i'm gonna i'm gonna figure something out about that the, the organization becomes your parent and you know you, we all become the, the the children of that parent so hmm. i think that's spot on <laughs> why are you laughing at me now <laughs> Just having a conversation with yourself over there. I, you're right. I like that. Yes, yes, left. What you said was good. I am very much a fan of what I said earlier. <laughs> hey, I'm trying over here. Still, still, I haven't had enough coffee. I it's, no, 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 no. It's 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 in the morning, and we're this is. I mean, you're right. We did get a little more esoteric than I I had. A like the the previous sins have been discussed very practically, and I mean, there's something. There's something deeper with this one for sure. Um, certainly with you two, um, <laughs> you, you experienced that in the way that I was like, "Oh, this will be a fun chat." Like, no, not for everybody. <laughs> Never know where they go. Not for everybody. Um, okay, so we have three sins left. 
um, again, uh, how did Wrath come across to you all? Where where did we miss the situations where Wrath could be could be used? Um, also, uh, your friends that need to hear this, just just feel free to forward it on to them. I you you know who you are. Um, or you'll Andy, get the wrath of Chris. Yeah, I no, I'm not the person that they that, that they need to be worried about. It's the tattooed person below me in the Zoom. Um, Andy, uh, closing thought. Uh, I'll, I'll quote one of my favorite bands: "Compassion is a virtue, but I don't have the time. We're in such a hurry to get to the next Zoom meeting." We often forget to show up with passion that our that compassion has to come with our passion. Great quote. What about you, Lef? Any final do you do, do you want to quote a band? I, I you know, I'm I'm I, I fresh out of quotes for today, but uh <laughs> I'm sure I'll I'll have some later. But no, I, I think this is this has been an interesting conversation. I didn't think it would go this route either, but um let let us let us know how wrath shows up for you. So I, I'm I'm curious about this one. I think we're going to get some interesting responses. Hopefully we do. <laughs> uh, he's Clef. He's left. I'm Merm. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time. See you, everybody. Cheers.